how many people like my life as it is right now yes is 100% related like I wouldn't be here without you I wouldn't have my girl I wouldn't have my son it's 100% you know when you you look at things and you look at doors opening and those lead to other things so many doors in my life where I'm at door you were at the door and opened it and said, come on in. I will be take um, responsibility for half of 1% of the doors that you maybe walk through. And I won't take credit for it, but I'll just say I walk through them with you. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, I just think about anyways. Thank you. Uh, you and Tyson. And of course, without coach Glassman, none of that would have happened. So it's like, I uh, I got to I want to apologize think. to you. Enough of this talking about me. Let's talk about you. Okay. Apologize? I apologize you because you said you were going to vote for Trump. Oh, cuz you did vote for Trump. Yeah. And then you had to wear a Hillary shirt to work one day to appease your new woman. And we teased you for that too. Yeah. And now you look at this fucking fiasco trumps and biden's and cuomo's and it's what a fucking mess no one should be judging anyone it is a fucking mess of codependent people who aren't actually helping the american people well one of my reasons for voting for trump Cause I hoped. Well, you can say that with your woman in the room. You're not. I thought you'd like. I saw her in the background. I brought it up because I thought it would you'd avoid no. it. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're, I just he. No matter. This is a philosophy I have, and I. I just it never changes. That, to me, past politicians have always. They. I put them in the three categories. One, they always think about self. Two. If they're not thinking about self, then they think about the party. And then only three, if they're not hurting thyself or thy party, then do they think about the people. Wow. And that's that's always annoyed me across all parties. And so Trump was the first guy to say, hey, man, I don't care about the world. I'm going to focus on Americans. I recognize there's world needs. But, like, if I go to a Starbucks – I want the manager of Starbucks making sure that the Starbucks is running efficiently. The manager of Starbucks shouldn't be focused on uh, Dunkin' Donuts down the street. So I think our politicians too much have focused on other things. And so he said, I want the people. And I I like that. Were you raised a Republican? Wait, real quick. Let me interrupt. Were you raised a Republican or a Democrat? Neither. I don't affiliate with parties. I consider myself more just conservative. I like him more in the Ron Paul vein. Like okay. A, just a conservative. I like smaller government. I don't like government blowing money. Like, I just think uh, they're not efficient with uh, the money that they have. And, uh, and my wife always brings this up. Hey, man, you're not one to talk. You're financially horrible. And I recognize that. But I, I want to hold the, the government to a higher standard. And I just don't feel... They spend the money as if it's endless. In, in the current state, I'm correct. They're just whoosh, devaluing. Let me run this theory by you I have. I just came out with it in the last week. That the problem with the country, the singular problem with this country, is the fact that one of the parties is anti-patriotic. One of the parties, it's, it's taboo to be patriotic. One of the parties, it's yeah. not cool to fly the flag. One of the parties is embarrassed to be Americans. One of the parties is embarrassed to be part of the United States of America. And what sucks, and one of the parties raises their kids to not be patriotic. And what yeah. sucks is, like, I'm not saying that there's a bigger, a bigger love. There's a one planet love. I'm not saying, I, I'm, you know, I'm down with all that shit. But... If you can have a favorite football team or a favorite basketball team or a favorite baseball team and you can't fly the American flag in your front yard, kind of like, fuck you. And that party's the Democratic Party, the Democrats, the liberals. They are anti-American. And, and, I, and you know, and this, that's, it's hard for me to say. I was raised in Berkeley. 
Berkeley, California. I love me some liberals. But the fact is, this country, it's, um, and how I came to this is someone said that they, someone was from, from France was telling me that even when they're going through tons of turmoil, everyone loves the country and they put yeah. the country first. And I just kind of wanted to piggyback on that. You know, I'm, I'm, I, I don't know how, I, it's just weird. Democrats, it's taboo to love your country. And I just don't get that. It, it's sad, actually. Well, to be perfectly honest, I really have been very good. I told Caroline, hey, man, I'm stepping back from politics. I, I know I was really focused during the 2016 election. Like, I don't know. I was really interested. But now, like, I begged her, take a step back because our lives – I mean, our lives should be the focus of our energy. And uh, if anything, for like, I went a whole year where I didn't pay attention to Democrat or Republican. On that note, I kind of feel like it's the thing you have to do to fit in. So I don't know if all Democrats are anti-American. Neither do I. Neither do I. It's it's sort of the banner you have to wear if you want to fit in. Like, yeah. uh, it's you know, not even that they're anti-American. It's just that they can't fly the flag. They can't be patriotic. It's like if for some reason that it's taboo and I don't, I never got it. Yeah. I mean, our country in its origin days, yes, did a lot of things that are, uh, you know, horrific, but like we are where we are today. We assimilated. Well, everyone is welcome. Uh, except for the native Americans. I feel like, if we were going to do anything for anybody, I feel like we've done the Native Americans wrong. And uh, at Fort Washakie, my buddies over there, we did a video. I was driving down the road, and there was a horse rotting in the road on the side of the street. And it felt like it was in another world, another country. And I was like, how can this be America, that we have uh, people so poor that they can't afford to feed their horses, and then they die on the side of the road, and nobody picks it up? So that's my one caveat. Uh, anyways. Uh, so I, I, I've, st- I've stepped back from politics, so I don't know if I have a ton new info to give on that department, other than I disagree with all the, the money printing. I feel it de- devalues our, you know, in the, the name of tri- prop- the six trillion. Yeah. In the name of propping up, like they're propping up zombie banks, zombie companies. It's like, you should be allowed to go out of business. I, if I'm bad with my money. I, I go I go out of business. Nobody nobody bails me out. I think governments and uh, companies should be the same, because what comes next would be stronger. Like the 2008 recession, if they never spent that money there, we probably wouldn't be in the situation we are today. The fact that companies are living paycheck to paycheck, just like people are, it's like what you you should have cash. Fully scary. Companies should not be living paycheck to paycheck. Gary, right. give me one second here. You're on a roll. Great to hear your voice. What I'm going to say isn't true, but the spirit of it's correct. So bear with me and change any details you want. But just to catch people up who are listening, 20 years ago, I showed up in an arm wrestling tournament, interested in arm wrestling and knowing nothing about it, but wanting to make a documentary about it. And Gary Roberts was there and he was also there with his camera and he didn't know much about arm wrestling either. And both of us were learning, but he, he was interested in filming and making documentaries and movies and shit too. So from there, we built this friendship and, and both of us were so dedicated. We would see each other everywhere, all around the world at these obscure arm wrestling tournaments. And over time, we built, you know, shared batteries, swapped cables, um, ate dinners together and built a pretty remarkable friendship and stayed um, in close contact. And then um, and he did something what I thought was pretty revolutionary before YouTube, Gary started to pay arm wrestling internet TV station called arm TV, which was killed by YouTube basically because then anyone can film with their cell phone and put it on YouTube. But Gary gave that um, really niche community a place to where they could go and see arm wrestlers from all over the world. Now, some of you might not see the profundity of that, but that was like really early internet where you, you would, you would fucking die to see like a picture of an arm wrestler in another country. I mean, this was a really obscure sport that was found in every country on the planet and that all human beings do, but you couldn't get any information about it. And Gary was one of the first pioneers to, to bridge that community, however weird and obscure it is, through the internet. Then um, as he was sort of pivoting- Can I, can I jump yep, in? Yep. I would just also like to add that um, 
one of the things, and I did it, it just came naturally, but it seems like it's like now a rule to branding is that connecting the arm wrestling community, not just the information, but I thought bonding all these guys together and creating the community through arm TV was like just a natural thing to me. And it, you know, it turns out that that's what, that's what's caused a lot of success through the internet, CrossFit community, you know, it's all Facebook. about the community. This is pre-Facebook. This is yeah. pre-Instagram, pre-Tweeter, pre-all the tweeters. And I was doing it with arm wrestling. Pre-Pornhub. Uh, unknowingly. Like, I didn't even realize that's right. what I was doing. But it turned out, like, I, I met a family uh, among, you know, friends like you. Anyways, continue. So then um, we hadn't talked in a long time. And we reached out. And we were just talking about um, maybe doing some work together at CrossFit. And I said, um, do you know much about it? And he, he knew a little bit about it. And then I said, hey. Uh, he said he was he was interested in losing some weight and how he was going to do that is he set a goal to run like a half marathon or a marathon. And he, so that was going to be his motivation to lose some weight. And I said, hey, dude, why don't you just join a CrossFit gym and, um, and I'll film it and I'll make a series and that'll be your sort of introduction to the community and to filming and just to the, in a, an awesome in, indoctrination. And he said, are you fucking out of your mind? Of course I'll do it. <laughs> And that was sort of like Gary knew the challenge was huge. And yet, like all big challenges, he grabbed it and ran with it. And we made the series Killing the Fat Man together. And I just went and looked the other day and in episode one of season one has over a million views. And on average, 52 times a year, I get an email from someone, which means you must get even more, or a DM that says, holy shit, the Killing the Fat Man series saved my life and of course gary and i at least i can't speak for gary but i think the same same with me we don't really look too far into the future we're more like we get an idea we put our fucking head down and we're more like bloodhounds we're not even looking for the prey we just get the scent and go yeah we're fortunate it hasn't taken us off a cliff i guess because we're good people but um with our head down in the scent so then we made season (laughs) one that's a really (laughs) good description that's a really good we I did really season one. We did season two. Um, Gary's gone through just all um, sorts of transformations that he shared with the world. And so I, I started this, this podcast and I'm like, man, let's, let's find out what Gary Roberts is up to. Gary, how old are you? I'm, I'm 47. God, you look young. <laughs> Yeah, One we're, time, we're similar age. You're older than me by a year. Yeah, I'm 48. Yeah. You told me when, the, when I, I had a big beard one time, you told me I look homeless. <laughs> I loved your beard. I thought I... I oh, don't backpedal. Don't backpedal. No, it's, it's fascinating how you can grow that. I, I never tried to grow a beard until last year. I mean, I wanted to see. I still can't. This is the most I can get. And it's coming off soon. There's a story on why I have it. Let's hear it. Why do you have it? Because you're quarantined like the rest of the planet? I mean, I don't... There's no roadmap to where this conversation is going, right? No. Uh, I have some notes. I have some notes. Well, I got, I got fired by CrossFit. I don't know if you know that. I'd I heard. Let, I'd heard. I got let go. <laughs> Which I don't know. During that period of time... I was met, I was on, I'm a big Reddit. So I go on Reddit and there was a lot of CrossFit hate, a lot of people not understanding the layoffs. And I feel like I have a really good uh, opinion on this because I was in it. I was in the cog. I'd like, I saw how the machinery worked. I remember being in regionals in Latin America and talking, I can't remember my man who's who's the signage guy. And he's like, I've been to, you know, this is my sixth country and I haven't been home and all these rounds, all these airfares. And uh, I was like, uh, his labor, his airfare costs, his hotel costs, his food costs. I mean, it's just like the astronomical amount of money CrossFit is spending to make sure the signs look good. And I'm like, I love him. I love what he does. But it's like, uh, from a financial point of view, it's not exactly like amazing. Well, anyways, I was on Reddit and trying to defend, you know, coach glassman's moves and people were like you just got fired why in the world would you still support crossfit and i'm like well i love 
I love everyone involved. I love CrossFit still. And I completely understand because, I mean, from a financial point of view, it was like smart to make changes. But anyways, I got let go. And during that firing, you guys gave me, uh, am I allowed to tell them a severance amount? You gave me a, a lump sum of money, which I don't think I had that amount of money ever in my possession at once. And when I'd lost weight, uh, the one thing that I didn't really like about it. Oh, can I introduce you to my son? Sure. Cause I only got a few minutes. This is, uh, this is Bubs. Oh my God, Gary, congratulations. <laughs> You're stoked. Thank you. My this goodness. Is my, this is my baby boy. How old's the baby? <laughs> He's three months today. Congratulations. That is incredible. <laughs> I love him so much. He's my baby boy. His name's his real name's Odin, but we've been calling him Bub since he was in the womb. So Odin. So yeah. Odin, as your dad was saying, he got fired, got a huge chunk of cash, was on Reddit trying to defend the mothership, even though he had to walk the plank. And I know what I'm about to say. I, I've been watching your your podcast lately and your opinions, and I know I know the choice that I make isn't something that CrossFit would promote, but I did it anyways. When, when I lost all the weight, I really didn't like the hanging skin that, that was hanging down on my belly. And so I had this lump sum of money and I was like, I don't know if I'll ever get this money again at, at once. So I went and I, I cut it off. Congratulations. I had, plas I had plastic surgery, which I don't know if you, the CrossFit community, nah. I don't know if Brother, no judgment. If you want to cut your skin off, if you earn the right to do that, it was your money. It was your hard work. I was so, I was so, I kept it a secret for so long. There's so many things that came out of that. It wrecked my training. I'm still feeling like I Googled oh, what. Wait a second. Cutting off the skin wrecked your training? Oh, fudge, bro. Oh my God. Oh my God. You have no idea. The thing. Have you seen the movie Bedazzled with Elizabeth Hurley and Brendan Fraser? No, but I like both of them. Maybe I have seen it. Sounds like something from the eighties. She plays the devil and she grants these wishes to whatever a Brendan Fraser wants in the world, whatever he wants, whatever your dream. And then when she grants that wish, he lives this lifestyle, but every wish comes with some failed horrific events so no matter what you wish for there's always going to be a bad side that no one tells you about and that's what the crux of the movie is oh gary this is so good i had no idea we were going to so, get into some yummy shit like this so i had this vision that if i didn't have this hanging skin that life would be perfect i was fit i was looking good newly married and now can I get some uh, I, juicy details before? Okay, so how much are you weighing at the time that you have the surgery? To be honest, even though I was training, I, I, dude, I, Sevan, I apologize because I, I watched your. Don't 10 apologize. Don't I've apologize. Watched your, I watched your ten parenting rules and. Uh, Man, I, your ability to just forego sugar in your life, it's amazing, bro. Well, I don't – I, hey, I preach it. I'm, I'm not the best practitioner. I preach it. Well, anyway, so being comfortable, married, and recently let go. So I, I had this like, oh, well, you don't need to – you don't represent CrossFit anymore, even though I did because, like you said, I still get messages from killing the fat man. And I had planned the surgery for like – uh. I don't know, four weeks out. And so I started honestly eating more because I was like, oh, I'm having surgery and I'm, you know, living the life and, and I'm a big like bad guy on quantity. And so I, I like got up to like 225, 227 when I had the surgery. And uh, so I probably gained like 10 pounds just building up to the surgery, which is obviously a bad sign leading towards the future. So then I go in and have the surgery and they cut five, five pounds of fat. They sucked five pounds of fat and skin off my, uh, my waist area and my titties area. 
because I never liked how I had like man boobs. So, anyways, no one told me that when they cut your skin and separate it from your ribs and they pull the skin all the way up your chest, no one told me that they're cutting every single uh, nerve that allows feeling in that skin. So when they sew you back up and they tighten it all down and you look amazing, you have abs and everything, but you feel nothing around your entire, your, you, you have no feeling. If For you, how long? Oh my God, I didn't start feeling. I went into the gym. They told you you could start working out after like six weeks. I still couldn't feel anything. I couldn't do a sit-up. I tried to go in. I couldn't even do a pull-up because you need to activate your midsection, which I couldn't feel. It was very difficult to work out for months. I still, to this day, it's been over a year, I still to this day can't feel part of my, my midsection. Like I have, uh, So in hindsight, you wouldn't have done it? I mean, Uh-oh. I'm not saying you wouldn't have done it. What I'm saying is that somebody should have told me this, this is a, a repercussion. Uh, I, I was never even told. I love the doctor, but I was never even told. And even in Google, nobody told me this. I, if you Google it today, no one talks about this. So if you're like an athletic person and you're, oh, it's sitting on my bubs. Say goodbye to bubs. He's going with mama. Later, Bye, bubs. bubs. Later, Odin. Um. I just Gary, feel lower like your somebody, microphone just a little bit in front of your mouth, brother. I just hey, what, like head, what headset is that, by the way? Uh, it's a gaming headset from Best Buy. Uh, 50 Lo- bucks. Logan, that's what you want. And that does that plug in USB or does that just plug into an auxiliary port? Or a, oh, like it, just, a, it just plugs into my phone, man. Oh, you're – oh, okay, okay. So if you were using a, you're, you're, if you were using a computer, you could plug that into a computer. Yeah. Oh, I was, that's it. I was that's watching. It, I was watching your uh, podcast, and I was like, "Oh, no one has good audio." So when you said, "Oh, can we do an hour earlier?" I was actually going to Best Buy. I was experimenting with how to improve my audio, and I finally came up with this. And I was running to Best Buy to get it so I could have better audio. Will you send me a link to that when this is over? That because you sound great. Yeah, I will. Okay, yeah, so forty bucks. Okay. So you get the surgery, you lose the sensation in your in your in your midline, and but 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 you but when I ask you, would you do it again? I was expecting you to say, "Fuck no, I wouldn't do it again." But you're like, "Eh, actually, I just wish I would have known." I mean, so I could have made an educated decision. If I didn't CrossFit, I don't know. It's tough, man. It's it's a tough call. But the point the point is, and I still am. How much was like, the surgery? Uh, Twelve thousand. Uh, the the most important thing, and here's why I should. Your be wife's right. No. You're not good with your money. Yeah. Here's the thing. I told you the reason I got the beard. When you take the fat cells off your body in one area, the yeah. fat has to go somewhere else. So when oh you, shit. So listen, man. I'm telling you, this is not out there. Somebody should know about this fact because it is crazy. I swear to God, this is the absolute truth. After I had surgery and I'm starting to recover and I'm feeling good, and mentally, you think you can have a few more cheat meals, even though you're, well, I, I couldn't work out during recovery, but you still like, oh, I can have a, I, I have now a buffer where I can have a few, few more cheat meals. You can feel, I felt the fat being injected. It felt like a couple hours after eating, if you told me somebody was injecting fat directly into my face and my chest area, that's what it felt like. Wait, wait, wait. You're telling I swear, me. I swear to God. Okay. So you're telling me, bear with me here, that you have a thousand places on your body to store fat. I'm making that number up. That number is not yeah. what's relevant. And when you had your surgery, they took out 200 of them. So you're skinnier by 20%, but wow, no scars. That's amazing. Um, But you're telling me that fat, if you eat like shit after that, that fat then has to be stored in the remaining 800 buckets? Yes. 
Is that true? Have you asked a doctor that? Dude, I'm telling you. So you have have a finite number of those storage sacks? Yeah, all my life, the fat has gone to the belly area, the Uh belly and titties. Uh So now you spend 20 years putting fat in that area. I swear to you, when you took that away and now the excess fat that you've eaten, sugar that processes and turns into fat, has to go somewhere. And because that somewhere is new, my body could feel it. I'm tripping. I feel it. I could feel it happening. And I was like, oh, and the fat under your under your rib cage is actually the more dangerous area. So what I did by having the surgery is I took it out. It's it's not safe to be overweight, but fat subcutaneous, like under the the under the stomach, like within the the, the your organs, is the more dangerous areas. And so now I, I look better in pants, but I I mean if I don't fix my nutrition more thoroughly, I'm I'm actually putting myself at higher risk for long term heart disease and shit. Wow, the pressure <sighs> is on you. And now that I have a kid and I, I watched that video, you said work out in front of your kids. I'm like, that's that's the easiest rule of year 10 that I think should be able to follow. Like make sure your kids see you sweating. So they, so you role model. I'm like, I got to do that. I, I got to take my kid to the gym. I got to, you said you work out 51% of the reason is so your kids can see. I'm like, that's, that's it. That's what I got to do. I don't want to die, man. I want like, I used to not really care if I died so much, but now it's like, whew, now I got three reasons to, 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 I want to see. I want to see as much of their movie as I can. I want to observe yeah. that shit. And I, you know, when I hit the road in the RV last time, and I told you, you know, working out by myself is difficult. Uh, I had when I was uh, recovering, I was not at the gym, and then when I finally was like, okay, I can start working out again, I signed back up to the gym, and then I was I was going, but I wasn't hitting the nutrition a hundred percent like I should. So I was kind of like just breaking even and then um uh, the pandemic freaking hit i need a box man i'm the guy that needs the gym unlike you i kind of need a babysitter in that regard so i need a gym i need a well community let me tell you something it's not so much you're giving me too much credit um it's probably more that i'm intimidated to go to an affiliate and that's why i work out alone than it's that i of discipline. You're giving me credit where not really credit is due. You flourish in that environment and I flourish in, I mean, I used to like working out at HQ with those guys, even though I was, everyone there fucking crushed me, including you. But that was cool because you guys were all my bros. But anyway, you're saying you just basically can't do it alone or you don't want to, you don't have the motivation. Not that you can't, I don't want to argue your limitations for you, but it's just not your ideal scenario. I just, when I work out by myself, I find, I see the pace I go, the effort I go. And it's like, it's like magic that the difference when I'm in a, in a gym environment, how much I'm pushing myself. Plus uh, keeping to a schedule, some sort of regimen. It's a, it's a different. I'm going to ask you a crazy question here. Do you feel you, so you meet this, you, you basically, you, you get married to this beautiful young lady as an as a as a as a 18 or 20 year old marine you're with her for 20 years you raise a kid you guys um get end up falling out of love and go go your separate ways um you're still friends with her i'm assuming um you have this beautiful child together and then you while you're at crossfit you kind of reinvent yourself you become what we deemed as fuckable and handsome again and then you meet this um pretty fucking remarkable attractive uh, successful woman on um, on the internet, and you guys, and you end up um, getting her pregnant and marrying her, or marrying her and getting her pregnant. Wait, uh, hold on, you blended like the first marriage with the. Se- you- okay, sorry. So at forty, so at twenty, you start a life with a woman. You guys have a kid. At forty, it's over. You guys raise that kid together, and you move on to the next stage in your life, and then you find another woman. And you fall in love again, and you get married, and you have a kid with her. And this time, um, 
you meet her weighing 200 pounds and handsome and working out every day. Do you yeah, two, feel, 217. Do you feel any pressure so that you didn't false advertise? Like, are you like, oh shit, man. Like I should do it for my health. I should do it for my kid. But also, man, I scored this fucking rad chick. I can't turn into a fucking 265er again. Yeah. Um, that so, would be eating me alive personally. Here's the Every thing. day I would use that for my motivation. Here's the thing. This, and I don't want to throw my wife under the bus, but I, I got it just a little bit, a little bit. She wants you to uh, weigh 300 pounds? I, <laughs> I, do, I eat better if I don't keep in the house. I have a problem with portion control. Right. She's a normal person who can have a scoop of ice cream. Right. So she's like, Hey, I want, I, and I, so in our life, she's, we have what you call a reverse situation where I'm more the husband and I mean, I'm more the wife and she's the husband scenario. Like she's the one who makes the bucks compared to me, especially since uh, uh, Savon called me and fired me one day. No, just kidding. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I kind of like to balance that out. I was like, okay, well, I'll cook and clean to, to try to make a, a balance. And she would be like, oh, I want at 10 o'clock at night, I want, I want some ice cream. And I'm like, I don't have it. Or she'd want like a ginger ale. So I'd like have to put it there and then I'd have that temptation. And then, so we got in some fights where she's like, hey bro, you're not like, you got to maintain the training. And I'm like, of course I want to maintain the training. I'm having difficulty because she can portion control and she can have a snack, whereas I can't. So we have this like thing in our relationship where I'm trying to keep some snacks in the house for her and it's my like kryptonite. Right. And I, I'm trying to figure out how to, uh, like one time she's like, hey, I want some ice cream. And I was like, oh shit, the ice cream's all gone. And she's like, what the fuck? I only had, a, I only had one scoop. Right. And you right. only had, I'm like, well, you haven't had ice cream for two weeks and it's now been in the house. What do you want me to do? Right. <laughs> so anyways, things like that, where I'd, I'd like midnight munch. It's a, it's a big problem. That's why 50% of the world is fat. And, uh, uh so I'm answer just, the question. I, do you put, do you put pressure on yourself? Are you tripping? Do you ever go to pick up a bowl of ice cream and be like, nah, I better not eat that. I got to look good for my lady. Well, let's put it this way. When you talk about those 10 parenting rules, so many things I violated there with McKenna that like, I just, I just didn't do a good job in terms of role modeling, health and wellness for my daughter's life. And I think the pressure is not necessarily with my wife because she does love me and uh, it's about my kid and my kid's future awesome. and have, having a better role model. I'm like, I've been blogging. I haven't posted the videos, but I've been filming my, I call them KTFM diaries and I just haven't posted them yet. But basically I, I get people messaging me saying, Hey man, you've changed my life. You're so awesome. Blah, blah, blah. And I, I just, I don't like being on a pedestal because I'm really good when Sevan Matosian comes to my front door and say, Hey, let's go work out. And he has a camera. For some reason, I perform really well under those circumstances. Right. I don't know I why. It. I can lose 50 pounds in three <clears throat> months a hundred times if Sevon's around and if I'm at HQ and Tyson's messaging me meal plans. I can do that a million times, but then when you guys disappear, I'm just an average person like everyone else messaging me who's weak and looking for some inspiration. I, I don't think I'm that special and I'm struggling every day. Like, so it's going to be a battle on the final episode of the season two. I said, Oh, I was so strong, mental strong, never going to, I got to maintain this for my wife, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm such a weak bitch right now. And I'm like, you know, you got to find that motivation to get back. So I just, my life may just always be a roller coaster. Like I'm really good at that short sprint, but I definitely need the gym. That's true. And I, I forgot to give a shout out Pacific strength CrossFit. Uh, as my home box in Oakland uh, that I was going to after uh, I got let go from CrossFit. 
Does Kim and Bosman work there? Does Does Adrian's wife work there? She used to. She kind of. I think she left right before I joined the gym. Gary, your dad had bypass surgery. Yeah, quadru- Yeah, quadruple bypass. And he was overweight. Uh, yes, yes, sir. Are you terrified that the COVID's going to get him? You know, they did a pretty good job quarantining. So I, I don't know. I the whole COVID thing. I have. So many people on different sides of what that is, and I'm kind of like, I'm neutral. I'm Switzerland. I'm staying out of that. I have no idea how bad this is. It's collecting souls with underlying conditions, primarily diabetes, hypertension, and cardiovascular disease. And when I say primarily, that's me just being nice. (laughs) By that, I mean, you go on. How do you feel? Are you scared for yourself? I mean, you look good. No, no. I'm not, I'm not, I mean, we've quarantined very well and Caroline is far more on the like, like be cautious side. So she's made sure we've had masks and sanitizing this and that and staying away from groups. Um, My dad, what I wanted to say about him is he's found a groove. He doesn't, he's found a groove where he's found what works for him. He still has that lifetime of kind of like loose skin and like overweight a little bit. But, but he's living a relatively healthier lifestyle at this age than he was in previous years. So I, I'm very pre- impressed on that. He's, he's, uh, he's found to maintain it. It's not perfect, but it, at least he's eating, I think, far healthier than he used to. Here, hey, if, Sevi, can you, not, hear, can you hear my baby crying? Barely. It's not a bother at all. It's okay. not a bother at all. Hey, so basically, if you said, I'll just – well, I'll let you know, and, and since you're trying to block it out, I want to make sure that you don't block it out. The COVID, this SARS, this disease is killing fat people. Yeah. This thing is basically fucking just cruising through society and killing people who are addicted to refined carbohydrates and sugar. And anyone who says, oh, kids are dying or healthy people are dying, they are fucking being negligent and they're putting noise in the system and they're talking about these extreme outliers and it is bullshit. Unless everything yeah. I see on the internet's a lie, but and, and what's crazy is the media is not even hiding it, but they're not talking about it. But when you have ten kids dead in the UK out of twenty four thousand deaths, and the average BMI is forty, I mean, like, come on, people, this isn't a black thing, this isn't a white thing, this isn't an old people thing. This is getting chabritos. Yeah, it's it's the one and thing. They can change it. They can change it like you did in 21 days, man. I'm making that number up. You can cut refined sugar and carbohydrates out. You can go to a CrossFit gym and get the peer pressure that you got and the, and you will you will you'll be in the clear, man. Not you, Gary Roberts. I mean, yeah. I you know, sometimes I think the world doesn't truly want to address like the medical industry. Right. They make they may make more money by just keeping your your sickness at a, a continuum like if the world got healthy overnight you know a lot of businesses would not be sustainable so i kind of i don't know if it's the media is doing it intentionally but i kind of just like as a society it seems like the people in charge don't truly want to fix some things i mean that's more they're scared true. you know you nailed it you what you said about politicians is amazing first they're interested in taking care of themselves then the party and then the people. And it's like, yeah, I, I, wow. Because if you care just about the people, all, you wouldn't be talking about masks and quarantine. You'd be talking yeah. about getting rid of sugar. You wouldn't release the prisoners from jail. You would give them better food. You'd cut all sugar out. Man, I talked to a guy in jail. From, oh, I talked to Corey the other day. Corey Allen, you, you know him. He was at your wedding. Shared a yeah, yeah. song. God damn, he was telling me about the food in prison. And since then, I've gotten so many DMs. It's scary what they feed prisoners. Of course, they're psychotic and fat and unhealthy. Caroline and I have gotten in a lot of disagreements because she likes to trust leadership. She likes to trust people and like, she's like, hey, the, the experts, we should trust them. And I'm like, politicians, I just, if you look at everything politicians do, it's almost like they go down the are they truly being selfless in any of their acts? It's like for looking out for self, looking out for party, and only if they don't conflict between one and two do they do stuff for the people. It's like, 
it's I, I if do you are guaranteed people. a paycheck from the people and you're overweight, why would you have any issues with the quarantine? Yeah. So it's right yeah. up your alley. You have a yeah. bias. I'm not saying that to be rude either. That'd probably do the same thing. Uh, but the world's turning back on and you're, uh, you guys, like how is CrossFit? It's good. How's it been impacted by H2? So, so we- how CrossFit was impacted is um, it became illegal to do CrossFit, to run cross the CrossFit business. All 98% of the gyms in the world were closed down and all L1 seminars were closed down. And now they're turning back on. But the ice cream uh, stores left open. Baskin Robbins <laughs> open. Um, where, the, where you cure chronic disease and build a, hey man, how about this? You take your L1 and you learn about the fitness um, wellness continuum, right? Yep. And all the whole time in the L1, there's this underlying message, hey, you're building a hedge against sickness. You just feel it for two days, for two days. And Greg Glassman's been preaching, preaching that for 20 years. And I remember a doctor who had 16 years dedicated his career to taking care of people with type 2 diabetes and finally threw an owl in. He said to Greg, hey, man, you should win the Nobel Prize for fucking coming up with the continuum. And I'm thinking, man, that's a little bit of an exaggeration, the Nobel Prize. Well, now you look at the continuum. And, dude, anyone who's been doing what Greg Glassman said for the last 15 years, there's no way COVID can kill them. You know there's 15,000 gyms in 162 countries and only one person has died, one CrossFitter? I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. Wow. And, and if you look at pictures of them, you'll, 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 fit, you'll get it. Yeah. So. Uh, can I say something? Yeah. I, going back to when uh, CrossFit made those changes, I, 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 how tight are you? This is personal use, Sevon use. This isn't CrossFit related, correct? This is Sevon's podcast. Sevon, the Sevon podcast, yes. So am I allowed to say anything controversial? Yeah, if, if I don't like it, I'll cut it out or avoid it. Okay. In the beginning, I, I'm i 100%, not 100%, I, I recognize that Coach Glassman had to make some changes. But he said a few things that were disparaging about the CrossFit games that didn't sit well with me. So okay. I would just like to say, I was a fan of CrossFit games before CrossFit. I don't, I've never believed in this world where it's got to be CrossFit health over games or games over CrossFit health. I, I thought the games made CrossFit stand out to me. It's the only sport in the world when Le, LeBron James goes, has a record night, no one in the world who's a fan of the NBA can go duplicate that at anywhere yet like the best in the sport of CrossFit I as a fan I can go and try and I can measure myself against them it's the one thing that that, that makes it so unique and special and I I, I just hate that uh, I love coach he's changed my life I really don't like that he kind of made the the war more like between like like I, I feel like both worlds can be sustainable and help each other. And anyways, I disagree about pushing the games behind uh, CrossFit health. Anyways, that's my opinion. I just want to get out there because I love the CrossFit games. I love watching athletes, but I love CrossFit. Anyways. You and I, so, so when I came to CrossFit, of course, I, I was blown away by the Greg Amundsen's and the Annie's and then listening to Greg talk about fitness and health and movement. And the health piece was always there. Like we all know it. He's been saying it since it was forging elite fitness that, hey, we're building a hedge. And I know you and I have had a million conversations and fucking bowed down to Rich Froning a thousand times. What a great character. What a great physical specimen who who wouldn't want to be him who wouldn't want to bring that body home and shag their wife with it got it check and and shag your sister's wife too at the same time or whoever i mean that body should be just shagging everyone but i from where i sit and I don't want to steal Kelly Starrett's words, but it's almost like Greg is a fucking um, season to the future, man. This, or he's paying such good close attention to the numbers. What we're seeing civilization go through, my words, not Greg's, is like civilization wrecking. This, like, this, um, this sickness, dude, 
Like uh, that guy, Asim Malhorta, I'm not saying his name right. He's a uh, scientist or doctor out of the UK saying that 83% of the people or something like that are metabolically deranged, meaning in the United States and the UK, meaning that they can't eat food and process it properly and get the, and get the energy from it because their fucking systems are out of whack and they're eating the wrong foods. That's probably an oversimplification. But in, in, in half the country having diabetes, I mean, type 2 diabetes, I mean, we can't afford that. It's $100,000 yeah. a year to put someone through dialysis. So I think what Greg is doing, and, and we, I would love to hopefully have him on the show, I think what he's doing is he realizes that we have Forge and Elite Fitness and no one's ever going to take that from us. No one, no one, no one ever, 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 ever. Ever, ever. Yeah, Ron, Ronnie Teasdale with his magical shit can beat the F45 champ or whatever, F46, yeah. whatever that thing the champ is, P90 champ. And so I think what he's doing is he's just saying, he's just basically wants to roll the red carpet out so fucking far to the doorstep of every obese person on the planet. He wants to roll the red carpet pat it to their front door, into their living room, into their bedroom. So when they get out of bed, they can step on the CrossFit red carpet. I yeah. think that's what he's doing. And he's doing it because that's all he knows how to do. It's not for money. It's not for legacy. It's because he's like me and you. He's like, he's just put his nose down and he's doing it. But yeah. all that being said, I don't mean to sound defensive. Fuck, the games are fucking great. I totally agree with yeah. you. Fucking like, can I ask you one more I question? I would love it. I would love to see Scott Panchik win the games. You always told me that the behind the scenes was your baby and they would never go anywhere. And there's a lot of people that want to see you do that again. Can't we neutered. save, can we save the CrossFit's health? Can we save CrossFit's health? Introduce CrossFit to the front doorstep of every obese person in America, but still have Sevan Matosian give us behind the scenes. I don't want to get can't. greedy. I don't want to get can't. greedy. Let's we be can't. happy we have the podcast. <laughs> we could do both, man. We could do both. I just, I'm a big fan of Sevan's. I was talking to Brittany Celine the other day. She used to write for the journal. Yep. And she's like, cool I chick, miss, cool chick. She's, like, she's like, I really miss Sevan's producing. Like he, he does great work. He's an artist, and we miss it. I, I, I get that you're executive, media director, yada, yada, but you're a great producer, and people miss that element of you. So just saying, Thank I'm glad you. to see you're, you have an outlet here with this. That's why I'm here, to assist. Thank you. What is the plan for you for getting out of quarantine and getting back in the gym? And why are and why are you in Chicago? I, I picture don't doesn't your wife work out of the Bay Area in California? Okay, so my wife uh, for the last few years has been working with WeWork. Uh, I'm not sure if you've paid attention to their their news in the media, but a lot of changes going on with that company regarding like failed IPOs and valuation going from 47 billion to two point something. Well, anyways, we she kind of got pregnant right at the perfect time that the minute all these changes were happening in her company, she was going on maternity leave. And, uh, you know, me and doing adventurous things, uh, somehow we put all our stuff in storage and we're like, since I work mobily and she's going to be on maternity leave, why would we spend over $3,000 a month in rent in Oakland? We'll put all our stuff in storage and take this opportunity to, uh, to visit grandparents and let them see their grandchild. So we spent a cut, we spent six weeks at my mom's house in Sonora. And then we came to Chicago to spend with her parents during her maternity leave so they can get grandma time and, and we can save money because you can't buy a house in the Bay area without a down payment. And so we thought, Oh, this is a great way to save uh, some money. And uh, during that time, her, her company's West Coast office was eliminated because of this quarantine and other business stuff. So she's got additional severance, and now we don't know where we're going. We've got to decide if uh, we're going back to the Bay Area. We can stay here and save money. The longer we stay here, we can save more money to buy a house. So we're kind of like up in – over the next couple of months, we're in undecided about – where we'll be long-term California, of course, but I love saving money. 
So right now we're in the basement of uh, her parents' house, just killing it with the, the savings. But I just got off the phone with a uh, CrossFit Carbon owner, and uh, they're opening up the gym. Illinois okayed them to actually begin opening gyms, I think, this week. And so they all their equipment is on loan out. So technically, that's what's holding them back at the moment. They're trying to get all the equipment back, and then they're releasing a plan. So he's going to text me the minute I can have a class, my first class. So that's what I'll do, CrossFit Carbon and Vernon Hills. And did you call him only after I told you, hey, do you want to do a podcast with me? And you're like, oh, shit, I better fucking find it, Jim. No, the funny part is it was just uh, – it was – We'd just been talking about uh, going, like, I'm like, I got to find the gym. And I was like, I asked her, when is the uh, Illinois opening? And, like, within the same eight-hour period, you'd message saying you want to go to a uh, to do a podcast. I was like, oh, the timing is so funny. Because we, the Illinois is just opening back up in the news. So that's why it was a topic. I did, when I was at my parents' house, I went to CrossFit Sonora. and. Uh, I rented out some equipment, did some, some home workouts. Not as fun as the gym experience. Who, who lives in CrossFit Sonora? Your mom who lives over there? My Sonora? mom lives, lives about 15 minutes from Sonora. Haley is, uh, you know, good friends with peeps there. Yeah. Um, did you see Allison? I texted Allison. She had knee surgery recently, so she's – we never met up, but we texted a little bit. So you don't know what your next chapter is going to be? No, no, I don't. I mean, it's all, it's all about the baby. Everything with, like right now, it's just all about trying to maintain, like, I love how you said, get up before your kids. Well, what happens when your kid gets up every two hours? It's hard to get up before them. That, mold, so right, that rule may be a little <laughs> premature for you. Yeah. So right now we're just our, uh, Odin either he's either pooping, sleeping, puking, peeing, and we're just trying to find a, a balance with the getting through the day. So it's very hard to to move. But Are you having the, another kid? We've talked about it. It all depends on. Uh, on where we end up, uh, you never know. You never know. We have a, we have a, I don't know. I can't say premature, but we, we've talked about it. But if it doesn't happen, I think we'd be okay. And we could wake up tomorrow and say we'd like to. But at the moment, you, I think you can't start trying to like eight months after the first one or something like that. So anyways, yeah, I don't know where I'll be, but I do know that CrossFit, I used to work for CrossFit, and I did CrossFit, but now that I don't work for CrossFit, it doesn't change the fact that CrossFit is what worked best for me. So it's kind of funny because I, now I now have no affiliation ties to CrossFit, but still, it's what I will do in the future. It's what I need to maintain my, my health and wellness, and uh, regardless of you and I being friends, it's, it's funny because... It changes nothing. It's still what works best for me. And uh, that's what I will continue to focus on regardless of uh, what my, my work life is. Gary, thanks. Hey, I, I have one more question. I've got update regularly. Yeah, go on. One more. Go ahead. I, if I want to have the home gym that your kids have with all those toys, how much does it cost? Ooh. How much do I need? How much, how much do I need? The three boys. The three boys, how much is that? I, I have to guess it's really expensive. Here's the deal. That's what you're looking at in the three plane brothers garage is 14 years of equipment. So like those those D ball, even those D balls are those D balls are probably, I don't know, I want to say those slam balls. I have two thousand dollars in slam balls. You know what I mean? So probably a thousand dollars in slam balls and another thousand dollars for shipping them. That flooring in there was really expensive. That was one of the things that like I went back and forth on for like two months. I want to say the flooring in there was $3,500 plus $1,000 for shipping. <laughs> but I, wish I, was. I was just at a friend's house the other day. A very, very, very famous guy in the health space. Maybe the most in the world. You know who I'm talking about. And he just had horse stall mats in stored on the floor in his garage. And they are awesome. And his father-in-law put them in um, 
you know, just went to the feed store and got horse stall mats and put them in beautifully. And man, it is, I, it, I, ugh, I, it might be wow. nicer than my rogue floor. I have to Google that. One more question. Why and then did tumble track? So hold on. And then, and then the stuff, and then all that stuff from tumble track, it's not cheap, but it's well worth it. But if you're going to, you know what I'm going to say, hang the rings, hang yeah. the rings. Yeah. Okay. What, on. what took you so long to do the podcast? Why now? Um, I don't know if I could answer that honestly. I, f- I feel like as I'm about to spit out the answer, I feel some reservation on answering that honestly. I could, oh, make, can some, I s- I could, ma- I could make something up. I want to get controversial. One more I got to say one please, more thing for you. Please, cut me off. Please. So when all the media guys got let go, it seemed obvious that creating your own channel and doing something in the social media space to try to like further like the buttery brothers, like they went down a path where it's like, okay, we're going to keep doing what we're doing, but on our own. And for a heartbeat, I was like, okay, maybe that's, I got to create it. Since I don't have Seb on, on me, forced me to go to work out by starting my own channel. Maybe that's the forced accountability that I'll put myself in. And I was like, but I can't do a channel and work a job. So it's like, would the channel have to produce some sort of revenue? And I was like, I wanted to learn that space. So I messaged a very, I think, famous guy in the, in the lost a lot of weight doing CrossFit, although I think he lost it, not originally doing CrossFit, but then started CrossFit. Anyways, I started, he was like, as I was messaging him as a fan, he was totally willing to chat. But the minute I started asking about like, well, how do you do this as a, as a, a channel where you need to generate revenue, I got ghosted. And I was like, oh man, I thought we were like the community. We're not about sharing information. Oh man. No, the, he didn't want to tr- uh, share the trade secrets on how uh, to like, you know, do this social media channel. Anyways, I never launched it because it's like, it would take a lot of effort to put into social media channel, daily posts, daily updates. So I had, I filmed stuff, but I, I haven't yet launched it. Anyways, I just want to throw um, What I think you could, um, I think you could own that space in a way that's um, very unique. I think the people who are in that space are, are inspiring transformational characters. Sorry, inspiring characters with great transformational stories. I think you would bring something to it that is extremely unique because your honesty and the fact that you would show yourself sneaking to the refrigerator at 1.30 in the morning and eating ice cream. I don't think a lot of people will do that. And you can talk about your surgeries and you can just talk about, you can talk about it in a way you're, you're capable of saying, I've never heard, I get it. You feel accountability when Sevon and the camera and Tyson are pressuring you. The other people, all those people are exactly the same way, but they would never say that. You don't think Heber and Marsden and Obese to Beast and that guy talks funny from the UK. Um, um, I, don't, I don't know his name, but yeah. he's always with Matt Fraser. Yeah. He, those, those people, that they have so much – they've never told me this but they have so much obligation to their community. They might not even know it, but they have it and they feel it. And it's a driving and pushing factor and it's okay, but you know it. So you can have, you can be in like an echo chamber. Do you know what I mean? You know it. Those people like, um, like, uh, those people are doing really, really cool shit. I mean, the stuff that I've seen that Heber and Marsden do since they left HQ, man, the, the quality and the inspiration and, but, um, it's a lot of showmanship, right? Yeah. Yours, yours, yours wouldn't be that yours would be sort of more self-reflective and what's that called when you make fun of yourself and you put yourself down self-deprecating self-deprecating. Yeah. 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 But don't think that they don't feel that pressure from the community that, that, and they don't need that also to keep going. Man, none of us would make shit if no one was watching it. And by the way, I do the podcast because I don't like to do the podcast. I do not enjoy this. I mean, I enjoy this, 
I enjoy now that I'm here doing it, but like five minutes before I'm all, a podcast, I'm always looking for a way out. Really? <laughs> oh, fuck. So, so just to add to that, like I saw, I can't remember who, but I saw somebody whoring themselves out for a product. And I'm like, it was so perfect before because I worked for CrossFit. So I got paid to do other stuff. So talking about CrossFit and loving CrossFit, there was, there was no conflict of interest because it really is, it's not fake. It really is the best thing that worked for me. And then I happened to work for CrossFit, which supplies me money because I, I was working. But now it's like, I don't like to whore myself out. So I, I can never picture myself saying, oh, and by the way, here's the product I use. And it's like, ah. I like talking about CrossFit. I like saying this is what I'm trying to do to maintain healthy, but I just can't see myself ever whoring out for a product. So I don't know. If, do you know what I, I do? Know. I just find products that I really like and talk about them a lot. And, and a small percentage of the time, the people who own that product then will reach out to me Yeah, and they'll say, thank you. And they'll offer me something. And so it's kind of cool. You can kind of bait people like that. You know what I mean? Like I'm trying yeah. to get fit. I love fucking fit aid. I'm fucking would love for them to sponsor me, but I would never ask for that because that would be disgusting. Can I ask you if you think the economy is going to be a V-shaped recovery or like a longer term? No, you can't ask me that because I have no idea what you're talking about. But I do think that CrossFit gyms are going to be hugely, hugely successful because I think in what I'm hearing and I speak to a lot of affiliates is that people are fucking scared. And you think of it this way, you're going to love this, Gary. If 0.00057% or whatever I figured out of the world's population does CrossFit and it doubles, yeah. it still will be the tiniest fraction of the world. But imagine that. Imagine Our, if we go from 4 million to 8 million CrossFitters in the world. And boy, dude, like to not go to a CrossFit gym after this COVID shit is crazy. I don't know a single CrossFitter who's scared. Not one. Are the owners making it? I yeah, mean, the owners are making it. A lot, I mean, some gyms are closing, but, but, um, but like, so I spoke to um, gyms today in which country? In Germany. And one of the owners was saying they opened yesterday and they are already have 11 new clients. I spoke to a gym in China last month that opened. They've doubled their membership. Spoken to gyms in the United States where even with their Zoom calls, they were increasing their membership. So nice. I, I'm hearing amazing, amazing shit. I'm, I'm not hearing the, the worst shit I'm hearing about CrossFit gyms is, and I'm making this up. I don't know what cities they are, but let's say a gym in Aspen or Vail or Lake Tahoe. I, I haven't heard those cities in specific, but where there's tourists, huge tourist economies, um, those gyms are hurting the most, right? Because all, yeah. if, they, if you have five drop-ins a day or, or 10 drop-ins a day, you're kind of fucked because of the quarantine. But other than that, um, these gyms, I mean, you have to remember these people, these aren't um, crunch owners of crunch or 24 hour fitness. These are people who've dedicated their life to making people better. Well, what I, when I asked you about the V-shaped recovery. Yeah. What is that? It, it ties in. Well, like if you just turned back the economy, turned everything on and the, the job numbers were the exact same, then everything would be fine. But they were now like 20 million unemployed. And so how is that going to impact spending? over the next, let's say, 18 months. Like, does everyone get their job back? What percentage? So it's either a V, like everyone gets employed and goes back down to 3%, 3.6% unemployment, that sort of thing. Because those, those consumers have to go to the gym, right? And if they're unemployed, maybe they don't. Maybe, so maybe they don't. Here, so, I, and I'm, this is me just talking totally un uneducated, just my own, like whatever goes on between my own ears, my little peanut. What I think is going to happen is people who have nothing to do are going to go to the gym because it makes them better. And everyone knows that if you go to a CrossFit gym, there's one of three things that's going to happen to you. You're going to get a new job. You're going to get a raise or you're going to, your relationship's going to get better. Or you're going to be in a new relationship, <clears throat> right? Yeah. Yeah. So there's really few places you can go in the world to make yourself a better person. So those people are going to go to CrossFit and then the people who are scared from the COVID are going to go to the CrossFit. And then the existing members, most of them are going to go back to the CrossFit. So as sad as it sounds for the world, well, a lot of the world is really, really going to hurt from this. People who turn, people who are in the CrossFit space. I mean, so it's, I think it's a win. 
Um, even if there are less people who can afford the gym, I think they'll, it'll be made up by the fact that it's a bigger priority than ever. I know you got to go, Savon. So can you promise me one thing, one last question or one last promise? I can't promise if, you, but I can listen to your request. No, you can promise me that if you ever need another media producer, even if in a different space working for CrossFit, you know I still love working for you. If the, if the job opens, think about me a little bit. Send Greg, send, I am neutered. Send Greg, see Greg at CrossFit.com asking for a job. I mean, not today. I'm just saying maybe sometime in the future. I, I'm, the, I'm the only guy in the world, the Lexus, I've had two best jobs in the world, working for myself with Arm TV and then working for you guys with CrossFit. I, I don't know if I could ever match that. The experiences, I'm lucky that I, I don't know anybody that's had that kind of luck in terms of experiences, freedom, income that I've had between two completely different spaces. So anyways, Gary Roberts, star of killing the fat man, watch it on YouTube. He's the man. Thanks for having me, sir. Yep. You're the best. Thanks for letting me into your life, Gary. Thank you. Bye. Bye.